your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche and a good show we have for you today. Uh, first, I want to mention uh, Nolan Bianchi from the uh, Locked On Red Wings show reached out to me, and we might be doing a crossover episode or two, depending on how long it goes. Sometimes those crossovers can go a little while. So um, we're kind of setting that up now, probably happen in the near future. Might be the end of this week or early next week uh, when that is released. So wanted to throw that on everybody's radar soon. Why not go back and revisit one of the best rivalries in sports, definitely one of the best rivalries in the NHL ever. So uh, that is on the docket. Um, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, Locked on Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Today we will be looking at Joe Sackick finally has been uh, given some recognition as uh, the top GM in the league by NBC Sports. Uh, We'll be talking about that. Today is a very special day. If you follow me on either Twitter or Instagram, I've been doing this thing looking back 25 years, 25 years ago today uh, when, you know, Colorado moved or when Quebec moved to Colorado that first season in Denver winning the cup. So I'm going back and every, every time there's a game, I'm posting just the stats of the game, score stats from both teams, goalie stats, penalties, all that stuff. Uh, Today, if you're following me on there, there'll be something up that uh, is not necessarily a avalanche story, but it will be soon. Uh, Today, 25 years ago, is the last game that Patrick Waugh played for the Montreal Canadiens. This is when he had that god-awful game against Detroit, gave up nine goals in 26 shots, and was pulled after the ninth goal halfway through the second period. And, uh, you know, he, he Patrick Waugh does not let his, uh, his feelings be quelled. To, to put the term lightly. And uh, he he made a couple passes in front of the head coach. The the president of the team was sitting right behind the bench, went over to him and said, I am done uh, with Montreal. I will never play for Montreal again. And then we know four days later, he was traded to Colorado. And, and the rest is kind of history. So today, 25 years ago, was when the ball started to get rolling with Patrick Waugh and his eventual landing spot in Colorado. So what we're going to do is uh, next week, because he actually got traded on the 6th, which is a Sunday. So next week will be Waugh week, and we will be discussing Patrick Waugh and everything he's meant to Colorado. And, uh, you know, the, the trade, we'll talk about that 
his big moments in Colorado uh, and just everything Patrick was. So again, if there's anything that's on your mind when it comes to him, uh, send it to me, lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. But um, if, if you haven't really gone, if you've never seen that video of, of the game against Detroit, um, definitely go give it a watch. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And, and I think what I, I'm gonna, if you haven't seen it, uh, I have the, the audio from a news organization that, and I don't know who they are. I want, I wish I could give them credit, but the, it, it was up on YouTube and, uh, there's a voiceover, but they don't say who they are. So, um, I want to play that. It's a quick couple minute video. Um, and then we will kind of discuss on the other side. So here's that couple minute clip of the very last game Patrick Waugh ever played for the Montreal Canadiens, which happened 25 years ago today. December 2nd, 1995. A night that was supposed to be routine for Canadiens goalie Patrick Waugh was anything but. Now in the corner, taken by Lariana, makes a pass. Lariana cuts in. What a stop. Rebound score. Igor Lariana. And the Red Wings lead it one to nothing. Gives it off, better off, tried to tuck it in front. It was blocked, picked up for Rihanna. Oh, yeah. the Kozlov was all alone. He's wrapped up, able to get loose now. Kozlov, yes. the score! Patrick Wall with the arms up in the air, said, I can't see it. Well, there's nothing worse than that. When a goaltender does that, it's like he's blaming his defense for it. Cross sides, eyes to the wheels of the goal score! Stick on the ice! And it's Johnson, makes it five to one. This building's in shock. With the Red Wings up seven to one, Waugh's frustrations reached a new level after receiving a sarcastic cheer from the Montreal Forum crowd. Better off 65 feet. Waugh, the save. Gets oh, the save. Oh, baby. Oh, oh, boy. That's to get the hands up in the air. That's not the thing to do. No. Larian off behind Lynette. Sends it out to Federoff, scores! Sergei Federoff! Bingo, bingo, here comes the hook. Have mercy on me. After allowing nine goals on 26 shots, Waugh was finally replaced midway through the second period. As he made his way to the bench, Waugh brushed past his head coach, Mario Tremblay. He then confronted team president, Ronald Corey, with the message that he would never play for Montreal again. Patrick Waugh leaned over and spoke to the president of the Canadians organization. You can bet that's going to draw some questions after this hockey game. I didn't, I didn't, hear, I didn't hear nothing what he said to Mr. Corey, but uh, if there's any problem, we're going to solve it tomorrow. We've got a meeting tomorrow at, at 1 o'clock in the room and uh, we'll, uh, we'll discuss about that and if there's some players who are unhappy with the team we they just have to go see the GM and uh, you know we'll make some arrangement. So the Montreal Canadiens made a trade yesterday, not yesterday I would say during the night we trade Patrick Roy and Mike King for Jocelyn Thibault, Andre Kovalenko and Martin Rosensky. For Wa, it was a bitter end to his Montreal Canadiens career, but with a new team and a new opportunity, number 33 would thrive in Colorado, winning two more Stanley Cups and a third career Conn Smythe Trophy, a record that stands to this day. 
a pretty incredible moment for for sports. You don't see that often. Normally, a team and their superstar are on the same page. Now, nowadays, they are. Uh, you, you don't see that anymore. They'll, you know, teams bend over backwards to give their superstars what they want, uh, and not only just the money part of it. Uh, they they want players. They will do their best to go out and get them. Doesn't mean they will land them. Free agents can go wherever they want to go. But uh, you, you see GMs now, th- for the most part, uh, bending over backwards to satisfy their superstars. And th- some people say the writing was on the wall for this while. Colorado had tried to obtain him during that offseason, heading into that season. It didn't happen. Uh, and they, they Montreal and um, with, with Wah and the head coach, apparently they didn't really get along. Although they they when they did play together, and apparently they were roommates together. I don't know how that relationship went back then, but for whatever reason, it soured, and that was the the last straw. Uh, why you don't take out a superstar when they're having a bad day? Uh, that happens quickly. If if a, a, an all star goalie is not having a good day, you take him out before he gets embarrassed. And that didn't happen. And Patrick Waugh got embarrassed. And he was going to let Montreal know, I don't stand for that. <laughs> Should he have played better? Yeah. Uh, when when he did that, go watch, I actually have the, the, the picture up of him kind of egging on the crowd when he made a save. Basically, a shot was taken from the blue line. And, and he made a save. And the crowd kind of gave a sarcastic roar. And he kind of lifted his hands up in the air like, yeah, I can still do it. You know, so it was it was contentious during the game and it boiled over after the game. And they suspended him right after that game was over. Four days later, he's on Colorado. So uh, not the most memorable thing that that he wants to be known for. But I don't think he really cares too much. Uh, you know, he that that's his that's his ego. Um, do I think he feels bad about it? No, I, I don't because people re- remember him for the, you know, the Stanley cups and the amazing goalie that he was before they think of that, they will think of that and it will get brought up, but it gets brought up on, you know, the anniversary, not daily. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, this is where it all started, where the ball started rolling the Colorado avalanche way when it came to obtaining Patrick Waugh. And like I said, next week will be Waugh week, and we will focus on Patrick Waugh, the good and the bad. Uh, and that'll be next week. So definitely tune in for that. Right now, before we go to break, we are going to hear from our good friends over at Built Bar and their new product, Built Go. Talked about Built Bar a lot, and we have also talked about Built Go all the time. If you were the type of person who works a desk job or a nine to five or even an outdoor landscaping job and you need a quick pick me up built go is the way to go if it's a mental or physical wall you can break through it with go every day comes in a one and a half ounce package you can put it in your briefcase in your car in your desk anywhere it's easy to grab easy to take it is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine with better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. 
So you can visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED. You get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED. 20% comes off your order at BuiltGo.com. Joe Sackick kind of, not kind of, did get the shaft when it came to the GM of the Year award um, and was not even nominated. (laughs) How? One of life's great mysteries. But I guess we can kind of take some solace in uh, NBC Sports coming out with their power rankings of NHL general managers. And to kind of give the top five who they have marked as their uh, elites. At number five, they have Don Sweeney for the Bruins. Um, At number four, Julian Brisebois with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Doug Armstrong with the St. Louis Blues at number three. Steve Eiserman at uh, number two with Detroit, which some people are up in arms about that, but... You know, I, I get why they're putting him there. That, that, that they're not a, a power team yet, but uh, you know the things that he's doing and things that he is putting in place is he's setting them up nicely. So I think that's why they put them him all the way up at number two. And the number one is Joe Sakic. And the little blurb they have for him is: "This is not a team in the NHL, or excuse me, there is not a team in the NHL that is set up for more long-term success than the Avalanche." The Matt Duchesne trade could help set up the defense for the next decade. While he has also taken advantage of his salary cap situation to the the past two years to stack the depth chart behind his all-star top line. I mean, if you listen to the show and you're an Avalanche fan, you you know this stuff. Uh, And we've talked about it so many times in the past where the Avalanche just don't get that national recognition. And to some extent... I don't care about that. Uh, I just care if if the Avalanche win and the accolades from the mass media and and the mass fans, that will come as long as you win. If you deserve it, fans will pay attention. But I to 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 completely ignore uh, Joe Sackick when it came GM of the year time is inexcusable to me, and it almost is making me feel like. What's more important right now? Um, Getting an award that's very subjective. Awards across the board are subjective. Whether you're talking about sports awards or the Oscars when it comes to movies or the Grammys when it comes to music, that the award given for, you know, best pitcher at the Oscars is because however many people, 13 people sitting in a room said that's the best movie. In the in the grand scheme of it, all it really is is bragging rights. And that's what these awards come down to. Is, is you know, we all wanted Nathan McKinnon to win it because we wanted bragging rights. We wanted to tell the rest of the league we have the most valuable player in the league. That, it's a stature thing. When you win most valuable player, when you win the Heisman Trophy... Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean like guaranteed success. It means you were good for that year. And for that year, you can tell other people, you can tell other teams, fans, you can tell friends, we have the best. And that's a big thing. But when you really break it down, it's just a few people saying you're the best. 
you know, when, when you have the award uh, that goes to the kind of like the MVP of the league based on players voting, I think that's a little bit more prestigious than the Hart Trophy. And so when you have a news outlet, a news outlet that, you know, uh, is, is a big one, NBC Sports, they're they're huge. Um, when they recognize Joe Sackick as being the, the top GM in the league, does it hold more weight than actually winning the award? No. I mean, that's not going to get you in the Hall of Fame. You know, they're not going to look at the power ranking of NBC Sports and say, Joe Sackick was number one on their power rankings uh, November 30th. The week of November 30th, 2020. So let's put him in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't mean anything in terms of that. At the end of a career, you look at hardware. What hardware do you have? That's what gets you into Hall of Fames and, uh, you know, your name up in the rafters and stuff like that. But for the here and right now, uh, I think this is a, a little bit of a breath of fresh air that, okay, thank God somebody is paying attention outside of the avalanche faithful you know uh and and maybe even people in the division like you know st louis blues definitely know the avalanche are set up well uh you know so when you when you get just a little bit of this you hope it rubs off into you know the the postseason awards if there is a season next year which we'll get into the next segment uh, but this, you know, this does not take the place of actually winning the award and winning those trophies, which you know are the most beautiful trophies in all of sports. Um, but it just makes you feel good that okay, you know, we know he's doing something right, and we 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 are kind of getting tired of just shouting it from the rooftops and having it fall on other Avalanche fans' ears. We kind of want the rest of the league to know that you know this isn't just a fluke. This isn't just a, a, a team that it's it's their time. You know, teams ebb and flow, and they do well, and then they have a, a peak, and then they come back down, and then they have to reevaluate, reassess, maybe retool, and then they go back up. Um, where the Avalanche are right now, is this is not just a flash-in-the-pan team that has just come together for a couple years and are going to make a good run at it. What Joe Sackick has done is exactly what they said in those couple sentences. They are set up for at least the next decade. They really could be if they continue to manage this well. And everything that they have done till now leads you to believe that they will continue to manage this well um, if they keep everybody where they're supposed to be. All right. So, um, you know, talking about Joe Sackick and maybe he'll, he'll get an award after next season. That I don't want to say that's in doubt. I don't think the season we're not there yet. We're not there where it's like okay, uh, is is next season going to happen? Yeah, I think we're still in in the the field of next season should happen, probably will happen. But there seems to be some cracks in the dam. And when I was saying when when they were kind of going getting back into the playoffs when when they were coming out with with what they were planning on doing for the playoffs there was a lot of transparency going on between uh, teams and fans Gary Bettman and fans owners and fans I felt like we really knew what the plan was for the NHL and coming out of the Stanley Cup 
going into the off season, I kind of felt like, okay, we're, we still know where we stand. We have to get through the draft. We have to get through free agency. And then from what Gary Bettman was saying, they're going to tackle how they're going to tackle this next season. And now the, the news is coming very slow and it's not coming from the powers that be. It's not coming from Gary Bettman's of the world. We're getting it secondhand, thirdhand news from people with quote sources, which can be reliable, but you know, I like hearing it from the horse's mouth rather than somebody else's. So while I still, you know, trust these news articles that I'm reading coupled with, we're not getting as many updates as I thought we would be getting by now. We're into December. Um, and we have been hearing since the season was over, we want a January one start date. Okay. That's now you're less than a month. And we were getting updates at a pretty good rate as, as much as we probably could. Not that it was going to come fast and furious at that point in time, but by now, you would think we should have an idea of what's going on. Uh, could something happen in the next week where January 1 is still a possibility? Yeah, but it doesn't look that way. It's starting to look that like uh, the NHLPA and the owners are starting to disagree on how to handle it. And it's all, from what I understand, coming down to money. It's not coming down to the health of players, which I, I'm sure is in there somewhere. But when you hear about what's going on with the league and the start date, it's about money. <laughs> and it's and I get and that's an important part. I'm not trying to, you know, say it's not. It's about the owners. The 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 owners went to the players to to do this return to play event from last year and said, we need you to take only, it was like 72 or 73% of your pay and put the rest in escrow and that'll cover the, the teams. And players were like, fine, we'll do that. But you know, we need to renegotiate for next season. Owners were like, no problem. This is a pandemic. We've never seen anything like this before. Everything was all in good faith. And now it seems like all of that is out the window. Now it seems like the owners are saying, we're going to lose even more money. So now you have to take even more of a cut. And the players are like, no, we already did that once. We did it once for you because we wanted to get back to playing. We wanted to crown a champion. We did all that. We were good sports during all of it. And now you don't like that deal. So we're going back on, you're going back on it. And now you're demanding more money from us it's a tough sell. Uh, and, and, and I, I don't know what the league, I could the league just say, well, if you're not going to do that, we'll just fold. Uh, apparently I, I, I don't, you know, the, the contract the players have, um, I've heard prevents that. I don't know how, cause I haven't really read deep into it, but, uh, this could be where, the owners lock out the players. We could be heading down that road. And that's a scary thought uh, to, to, and, and I, you know, if the, if the owners are going to lose that much money, um, you're not going to get it from the party. You're just not going to get it twice from them. So 
we're we're now in you know the month where we we should have been starting training camp not now not today but i absolutely thought by december 1st sometime between thanksgiving and the start of december we would have an idea of where we stand basketball's ready to go why 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 are why isn't hockey anywhere near near where basketball is right now we were ahead of basketball when it was returned to play we came out with our plan long before anybody else did on a return to play and now it seems like the nhl is going backwards and i didn't think i would be saying that because i was very impressed with how they handled uh the return to play but that maybe seems like it was an easier thing to manage because it wasn't a full season now they have to manage a full season and you can't go back to the bubble situation because that's just impossible for an entire season. So now it's making it a little bit more difficult. We're going to have to watch this because uh, I'm, I'm not to the point of concern that we will not have a season. But uh, and, and, you know, sides are talking and things can happen. Uh, but this this is this is getting interesting. Getting interesting. I didn't think we'd be at this point at this state of the game so that will be it for today everybody uh thank you again for tuning in really appreciate it each and every day so uh we will be back on friday check out the thursday show of locked on nhl with adam denker from locked on lightning and myself and check out locked on lightning every day because if stuff is happening involving this next season's return to play nhl locked on nhl is going to have it so that will be it for today, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you Friday. And here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.